0: really felt led. We were supposed to just sit in his presence. You know, Jesus said of my own self, I can do nothing. And I was just endeavoring just to wait. I Just didn't have anything to speak. And then I just heard him say, you don't have to do anything. And I felt like that was just like the gospel in a phrase. You don't have to do anything. It's kind of exactly like Jesus saying, Of my own self, I can do nothing. today's Easter and you know when Jesus came out of the grave and he conquered death and the veil of the temple was torn and the graves were opened and captivity was taken captive And he had the keys of hell and death in his hands. It was a declaration. You don't have to do anything. I've overcome. I've overcome. What the law couldn't do. I've done. So we just surrender Jesus to what you've done. just surrender tonight to what you've done. Thank you, Jesus. You are the way. You are the truth, and you are the life. While oh, we worship you, a risen king. Teach us to wait. to be still. you are right now, whatever you're doing, just listening to this, I just speak over you. You are one with the risen Lord Jesus Christ, not because of anything you've done, because of what he did. You are righteous because he made you righteous and you are holy and you are blameless and you are perfect and you are complete and you are whole. You are sanctified, you are beautified, you are glorified, and you are filled with the risen king. You are filled with the risen king. He has made his home inside of you. You are chosen. You're adopted. You belong to him. And he belongs to you. You are his body. You are his bride his inheritance, his portion, his beloved. Thank you, Jesus. Just let those words wash over you. Father, we just lay our agenda at your feet. (laughs) Whatever agendas we've picked up, we just set them at your feet. Yeah, I just feel such a sweet surrender in this place tonight. We just surrender to your way, to your heart. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices. We just choose you. We choose surrender, have your way. You wear the victor's crown. You have the victory over us. (laughs) We don't, we give you the victory over us tonight. You've won it all, including us. And so we just give you what belongs to you. you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Ah, There's so many things just going through my head tonight. Here on Easter Sunday night. So I just ask you father just to just speak to us tonight. Speak to those that are listening, wherever they are tonight, or today, or this morning, whatever time they may be listening. Just organize my thoughts. Think through my mind. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. We surrender. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Awesome. Ah, happy Resurrection Sunday, as they say. Happy Easter, as they say. Ah, we just give you the glory tonight, Lord, for what you've done. It's not good to take a, a day out of the year to just reflect on what Jesus has done, on the victory and what that means. Um, One of my favorite scriptures, I mean, I have a lot, but there's one that always jumps out to me. There's a couple that jump out to me when we think about what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And in Hebrews chapter 2, it says it this way. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. says, since all of his children, verse 14, have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so that he could experience death and annihilate the effects of the intimidating accuser who holds against us the power of death. By embracing death, Jesus sets those sets free those who live their entire lives in bondage to the tormenting dread of death. I'm going to read it in a different translation as well, just to kind of bring it out. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says this. Therefore, since these his children share in flesh and blood, the physical nature of mankind, he himself in a similar manner, also shared in the same physical nature, but without sin. So that through experiencing death, he might make powerless, ineffective, impotent him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and that he might free all those who through the haunting fear of death were held in slavery throughout their lives. This scripture right here just talks about the fact that Jesus conquered death, that through the grave, he conquered the one who had the power of death. And it says that he has freed those who, through the haunting fear of death, were held in slavery. It's such a powerful scripture. Uh, it's such a powerful thing that's happened on this day. the the conquering of death. And so I just have to kind of stop stop there for a moment because, you know, death for us, there is no death for us. And we've been, you know, had this haunting fear of death programmed into us by the enemy, by, it said in the other translation, by the intimidating accuser. And the intimidating accuser was defeated <laughs> through Jesus' death. Jesus' death conquered death. And this is an incredible reality that, that, I, that we don't think about enough, honestly. And today, I think, is one of those days when we recognize that death is an illusion and that the enemy has held it over our heads like an accuser or like a, a taunting thought You know, and we have much to celebrate today because Jesus conquered death. In Hebrews, I'm sorry, in Revelation chapter one, this is Jesus speaking. He says this in verse eight. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, who is existing forever and who was continually existing in the past and who is to come, the almighty The Omnipotent, the Ruler of all. And then John, of course, sees him. It says in verse 10 I was in the Spirit, in special communication with the Holy Spirit, and empowered to receive and record the revelation from Jesus Christ on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, Write on a scroll what you see in this revelation and send it to the seven churches. Verse 12, it says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And after turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the lampstands, I saw someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching to his feet, and with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, glistening white like snow. And his all-seeing eyes were flashing like a flame of fire, piercing into my being. His feet were like burnished white-hot bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was powerful like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face reflecting his majesty and the Shekinah glory. Was like the sun shining in all of its power at midday. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And he placed his right hand upon me and said, Do not be afraid. I'm going to say this again. Do not be afraid. I'm going to say it a third time. Do not be afraid. Jesus' death has freed us from fear. He says, do not be afraid. And I feel like he's, the reason John has such an incredible revelation of Jesus here with hair white like wool and a face that's shining as bright as the sun And I'll keep reading in a moment, but this vision was, he said his voice was so powerful. It was like the sound of many waters. It's a picture of why we don't have to be afraid. Because Jesus has conquered Jesus, the risen Jesus. This is the risen Jesus has conquered the master fear, the fear of death the master fear, the, the accusing fear. And after he says, do not be afraid, he says this, I am the first and the last, absolute deity, the son of God, it says in the Amplified Bible. It says the ever-living one. I'm going to say that again, the ever-living One says living in and beyond all time and space i died <laughs> he died like we he died he said but see i died but see i am alive forevermore and i have the keys And Amplified it says, of absolute control and victory over death and of Hades, the realm of the dead. I have the keys of absolute control and victory over death and of Hades, the realm of the dead. I'm going to go back to Hebrews again now and I'm just going to read this. One more time, I want to let, just let it sink in a little bit. Today is, this, is, this happened today. You know, he, he rose today, out of the grave, three days. He was dead, really dead, but death couldn't hold him. And so it says again, therefore since these his children share in flesh and blood the physical nature of mankind, he himself in a similar manner also shared in the same physical nature but without sin so that through experiencing death I, I just want us to recognize that we aren't ever going to experience death Jesus experienced it for us we will be set free from our body but we're not going to speak we're not going to experience death and it says, So that through experiencing death, he might make powerless, ineffective, impotent him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So I'm going to say it again, that he might make powerless, ineffective, impotent him who had the power of death, that is the devil. The devil does not have the power of death. Jesus has the keys of death. And it says that he might free those who through the haunting fear of death were held in slavery throughout their lives. And I just speak the words of Jesus again. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I'm going to go to one other place here in Matthew. Some of the very last instructions Jesus gave gave his disciples. After he uh, rose, let me go there. It's the very last chapter of Matthew. It's going to be in chapter 28. He says this. It says in verse 16, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. It says, But some doubted that it was really him. Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, the Amplified says, all power of absolute rule. I'm going to say it again. All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I'm going to say it again. All authority. All power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he turns and says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It says, help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Remaining with you, listen to this, perpetually, regardless of every of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. So, again, do not fear. Jesus Christ has risen. Do not fear. It's the reason that we do not fear. All authority. <laughs> All power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ. He holds the keys of hell and death. Through his death, the one who had the power of death was defeated. I'm just going to go a few other places here that are just, I'm just, just exalting the risen Lord today. Exalting the one who defeated the enemy, the accuser. Let me just say this here in Philippians chapter 2. It says this. Although he existed, verse 6, in the form and unchanging essence of God, As one with him possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity did not regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity. This is what what Jesus did, by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. So this is describing what God did when he became a man. I'm I'm just going to say it again. Although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted, he, as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. That's Philippians chapter 2.6. It says in verse 8, after he was found... In terms of his outward appearance as a man, for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So that every tongue and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to the glory of God the Father. So it says here that Jesus has exalted, this is going back to just I just just what Jesus has obtained, what He has won, what He has accomplished through his death, through his resurrection. He has captured all authority, all rule, all reign. He has a name above every name that is recognized in heaven, it is recognized on earth, it is recognized below the earth. Death has lost its sting. (laughs) Death no longer has authority. Let me say it again. Death no longer has authority. Jesus Christ is Lord. And that we've said that so much, we may not even recognize what it actually means, but he is Lord, he is ruler, he is reigning, he has conquered the grave, he has conquered the accuser, he has has obtained a name that is above every name. In Colossians chapter 1, it says this, in verse 15, he is the exact living image, the essential manifestation of the unseen God the visible representation of the invisible, the first-born, the preeminent one, the sovereign and the originator of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. That is by activity and for him. That is by his activity and for him. It says, and he himself existed, And is before all things and in him, all things hold together. His is the controlling cohesive force of the universe. He is also the head, the life source and the leader of the body, the church. And he is the beginning and firstborn from the dead so that he himself will occupy the first place. He will stand supreme and be preeminent in everything. For it pleased the Father for all the fullness of deity, the sum sum total of his essence and all his perfection, powers, and attributes to dwell permanently in him, the Son, and through the intervention of the Son to reconcile all things to himself, making peace. Through the blood of his cross, through him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Again, just the preeminent one, the preeminent one. <sighs> ah. When Jesus said, It is finished the day on the cross, that's, a, that's, a, that's an incredible, powerful thing. The earth shook, the sky was dark. The dead came out of their graves. It was was an incredible day, the, the day of the crucifixion. But the day of the resurrection was the day of victory. It was the day where what was finished was consummated. And we worship him because of who he is. We recognize who he is, and that's why we worship him. And it's also why we are to not be afraid. It's like, it's way better than this, but it's like, you know, if you were in a gang of some kind, and or you were in the mob, <laughs> the mafia, and the godfather, you know, was was protecting you. I mean, this is the godfather. This is... This is the, the head crypt, the head blood or whatever. Like nobody messes with this. Part. Nobody messes with the Godfather. Nobody messes with the, the, the king of the gang or whatever. Why? Because he's just, he's got the authority. He's got the power. It's Such a silly example, but you walk around free from fear. I mean, you know, I remember watching the Godfather movies and how if you're one of the protected ones, you know, you don't have anything to fear. You just get away with murder, honestly, because the Godfather's. You're, you're a kept person, and that's how it is as a to be the the body of christ we are we are kept, we are kept in him, in him, we're kept in a person, we're kept in Christ. Our lives are hidden in him, and we are protected, and we live immune now, immune. We live immune from the effects of the curse. We live immune from the effects of the fall. If we are experiencing those things in your life right now, maybe maybe you need to just go back to the basics. Go back to to what Jesus accomplished, to what he has done for you, for me. And just go back to who he is and exalt when it says all authority and all dominion. Has been given unto him. When it says he has a name above every name, and Colossians right above that, it says that we've been translated. Or it says we have been rescued in verse thirteen. He rescued us and draw, drawn has drawn him to us to himself from the dominion of darkness, and has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. It's saying we've been rescued. We've been drawn into Christ. We've been delivered from the dominion of darkness. The gospel is a message about power and authority, not only about salvation. It's a a message of Jesus' redemption, of redeeming us from the power of darkness and assuming the place of preeminence, of assuming the place of authority, assuming the place of power, assuming the place of... A victory over fear, over death, over sin, over all the power of the enemy. And I, it, it, sometimes I, I, it's almost like I can hear people saying, well, if this is really true, why am I still experiencing these things in my life? Why am I still experiencing the curse? Why am I still experiencing the fear? Why am I still experiencing these things? I'd venture to say that these scriptures that I'm reading tonight have not become real to you. You've heard them, but they haven't become a part of your foundation. You know, the world programs us to be afraid. The world programs us to die. The world programs us to Act like we are guilty. And like the accuser has a right to accuse us because he's right. And we haven't maybe sat with these scriptures long enough to realize that the accuser has been defeated. And that he has no legal right anymore to accuse That, I mean, will he accuse? He will attempt to accuse. But the accuser of the brethren has been defeated. Will death try to potentially act like it's got some power? Sure. But Jesus Christ has the keys of death. Jesus Christ has the keys of hell. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. So I say, you know, spend some time with these scriptures. Spend some time with these scriptures. So Hebrew, the scripture from Hebrews, someone's asking the scriptures was Hebrews, was um, Hebrews chapter two. And let me go there. It was Hebrews two. uh, Verse 14 through 15. Um. But these are some scriptures that I spent some time with. Just just getting a grasp on what Jesus actually did, what what he's actually possessing now. A name above every name. You know, there's another one in Ephesians that talks about just the power of what Jesus accomplished when he rose rose from the grave. We'll go there. That's in Ephesians chapter 1 says this, we'll start here in verse 17. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, So that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. The riches of his inheritance in the saints. In verse 19 it says, and so that you will begin to know what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and world, but in the one that is to come. He put all things, listen to this, in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things and all believers. And so I'm just reading these scriptures tonight, and when we, when we speak in Jesus' name, Sometimes we've said it so much, we pray in Jesus' name, we, maybe you lay hands on the sick in Jesus' name, but it's good to get a refreshment, a refresher of what that name represents, of whose name we actually are speaking, of what he has actually accomplished, of what he possesses. of what he fills. (laughs) It says that he is far above all rule, all authority, power, and dominion. And another translation, let me just read it in the voice just to get another take on this. It's so powerful. It says he's above all rule. Well, let me say it this way. It says there is nothing over him Friends, it is the same might and resurrection power that he used in the anointed one to raise him from the dead and to position him at his right hand in heaven. There is nothing over him. He's above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. Over every name invoked, over every title bestowed in this age and the next, God has placed all things beneath his feet and anointed him as head over all things for his church. This church is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. This means that cancer is under his feet. This means that poverty is under his feet. This means that migraines are under his feet. This means that kidney stones are under his feet. This means that depression is under his feet. This means that strife and arguing and a lack of peace is under his feet. If it is in the dominion of darkness, it has been defeated. You've been translated out of it, and it has been placed under his feet. His name is all-powerful. His name is exalted. His name is effective, and it, it is the name above every other name. And I just I just see tonight, just you know, we just need to we need to activate his name. We need to have faith in his name. We need to recognize that fear has been defeated in our lives. Even the master fear, the fear of death, which puts us in bondage. The master fear of of bondage and slavery was defeated. And Jesus Christ has come to set us free from fear. We are free. We are free, we are free. That's why he says, fear not. I hold the keys of hell and death fear not you have nothing to fear he is the preeminent one and I just see us tonight just seeing the things that are under his feet the things in your life that have no authority because Jesus Christ conquered them through the grave I want you to see those things tonight under his feet see those things under his feet very practically and we, well, we need to just, we need to turn up the notch when we speak the name of Jesus. We need to know what we represent, what that represents, what that name represents. And these scriptures tell you whose name we're invoking, the name of Jesus Christ. Whew, thank you, Jesus. There is power in his name. There is power in his resurrection. That's why Paul said that he wanted to know <laughs> the power of his resurrection in Philippians. There is power in Jesus' resurrection. Resurrection day is the day that the power came back (laughs) into the hands of God. The power that that defeated the one who had stolen it from Adam. The power is back. The power is in the name of Jesus now. Thank you, Lord. I was going back to this place of... um, It's just such a good news. The gospel is such, such, such good news. All power and all authority has been given unto Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When you say that name, when you say the name of Jesus, when you... When you exalt, I wonder where it's going. When you exalt the name of Jesus and you know that you know that you know what it's accomplished, you know what Jesus accomplished when he came out of the grave, you know this in your heart, you will see the manifestation of it in the, in the scene realm. You will see the manifestation of it in your finances and in your body and in your relationships. When you, when you invoke the name, when you, when you speak the name with confidence over of, of what he has done, over what he has actually done. Glory to God. You know, the enemy knows if you know. <laughs> he knows if you're just playing around saying the name of Jesus or if you if you really know know the gospel, know what Jesus accomplished, know what what the resurrection represents. It's incredible what the cross represents, but it is incredible even more what the resurrection represents. And the apostle Paul got this, you know, he said this. And um, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible here in Philippians chapter 3. He says this. Let me read it in just a really simple translation first, just so we can kind of grab the meaning of this here. But this is when Paul was basically saying, that he wanted to know Jesus. He says, I want to know Christ, verse 10, Philippians 3.10. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I'm going to say this again. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. This is the Apostle Paul. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Now let me read it in the Amplified. It says in this, that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely, and in the same way experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers, it says in the Amplified Version. That the power of his resurrection overflows and is active in believers. Resurrection life is like, it's like the ultimate vaccine. The resurrection is like a vaccine against the fall. The resurrection is like a vaccine against sickness and disease and sin and poverty. It means that we are immune. We have an immunity in, in our in our life because of the resurrection. But it is a it is an immunity that must be enforced. It is not an immunity that it, it, it operates by faith. It operates by belief. So your immunity operates to the extent that you believe that you're immune. You know, I always think about, and I, I talk about this, you know, on more than one occasion, but John G. Lake had this incredible immunity to sickness, had an incredible healing ministry. But I, I believe with all of my heart, and I, I mean, I've read a lot about John G. Lake, and I don't know that I've ever read this, but to me, it's the only thing that makes sense. How, how could he do this? Because a lot of people think, you know, he just had this special anointing of some kind. I don't, I don't think he had a special anointing. I think he had an extraordinary revelation. I think that he had an extraordinary revelation of the resurrected Lord. I think he had an extraordinary re- uh, revelation of the uh, of what Jesus accomplished through his death burial and resurrection. And I believe that he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was the body of Christ, that he in in Christ he, Christ was living in him Jesus was living in him and so therefore he was immune he was living the resurrected life now because Jesus was with him and so if if if, if a plague was going to try to touch his body or sickness was going to try to touch his body it was going to die because the resurrected Lord lived inside of him who had defeated that mess Who had defeated that in his life. And there are things that have been defeated in our lives. Fear has been defeated. Worry has been defeated. Anxiety has been defeated. These, 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 we don't have to fear. We don't have to feel anxious. We are called not to worry. We are called to care, to be, to free, to be free. Because of what Jesus accomplished, not because of circumstances, not because of what's going on, but to because of who we belong to and who we live and move and have our being inside of. And we have to be reminded. You know, that's the wonderful thing about today is that we're reminded about the resurrection. We're reminded about what Jesus conquered. And these scriptures are so powerful. I, I, I'm just going to, you know, read just go back through some of the references again. That's Hebrews chapter 2. I mean, I have spent some time on these, these scriptures. I just did an outline one time of, like, all of the scriptures that talk about Jesus's authority, Jesus's dominion, Jesus's um, preeminence, uh, Jesus's name, <laughs> just what he had accomplished. And where the enemy had no leg to stand on. Um, he just, he has been defeated, you know, just... Just studying the authority of Jesus, the power of Jesus. Um, there's a, the script, just a couple more that I, that I can share with you. The, the scripture I've been referring to tonight about taking captivity captive. All right, that one comes from Ephesians 4. And let me just read Ephesians 4 a little bit in context. Uh, just Ephesians is so powerful. It's just a victory book. It's a book of victory. But um, uh, let's just start here. There is one body, verse 4, of believers and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. He was sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, was given to each one of us, not indiscriminately, but in different ways in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he bestowed gifts on men. He led captivity captive. All right, let's read another one. It's, very, it's so good. Let's read this other one here about what he did. What Jesus has done. I'm going to go to second. Okay, here we go. Let me read this in a different translation. And I'm going to read start reading in verse 13, Colossians 2.13. I'll read it in the voice translation to start. It says... In verse 13, and when your flesh was still uncircumcised, dead in transgression and swathed in its sinful nature, it was God who brought us to life with him, forgave all our sins and eliminated the massive debt we incurred by the law that stood against us. He took it all away. He nailed it to the cross, but that's not all. Verse 15, here's where it is. He disarmed those who once ruled over us, those who had empowered us. Like captives of war, he put them on display to the world to show his victory over them by means of the cross. This here is he saying that he he nailed the ordinances that were written against us to the cross. So there is no guilty verdict against us because all of that was nailed to the cross. But then it says that he, he disarmed the powers and principalities. Okay, here in the King James Version, it says, he's blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us, which were contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And it says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them, and so he not only defeated these things, he made an open display, a procession of triumph over them. I've heard it, you know, people talk about this kind of like captives of war that are paraded through town, you know, showing like prisoners of war. This is, this is the enemy. The enemy was, was defeated. He spoiled them. He disarmed them, it says, in a different translation. So they have, there's no authority in these principalities and powers anymore. I'm sharing all these scriptures tonight and just we're taking some time just to exalt what Jesus has accomplished. And to just really encourage you to take some time to to get this established as a part of your foundation. We are not warring against flesh and blood. We are not warring against a seen realm of circumstances and situations. We are not, not dealing with something external except to the extent that it deceives us and to, to thinking we're dealing with these things externally. No, we are, the only fight we have is the fight to know the gospel. It's the fight to, of faith. It's the fight to know that it is finished. It's the fight to know that Jesus Christ is risen and that he is the preeminent one and that everything must bow. Everything in heaven and in earth, below the earth, must bow to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, tonight I just pray for those that are dealing with physical things in their body in the name of Jesus. And I just take authority over every demonic spirit, every spirit of infirmity, every spirit that is causing physical symptoms in Jesus' name. And I just command healing. I command in the name of Jesus all of these sicknesses to bow. I command right now perfection in bodies in the name of Jesus. I command... The resurrection power of Jesus Christ to be released in bodies of people that are listening tonight, Father. And I command sickness to bow. And, Lord, I don't care what name it goes by. I don't care what the doctor has diagnosed it and called it, whether it's hypothyroidism, Father, whether it's diabetes, whether it's migraines, whatever name it goes by, it must bow to the name of Jesus and it must leave right now the bodies of these human beings that have been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ, that have been translated from the kingdom of darkness, God. And I just command right now the victory of Jesus in bodies in, in anyone that's listening to this tonight, God. Whew, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, Father. I just release victory in people 's finances. I release victory in people 's marriages God, I release victory in relationships. I release victory, Father, in um, just all kinds of estranged relationships right now in jesus name. I just release victory. I release your victory I just to kick the devil out in jesus name and Father, I just release peace. I release peace, I release reconciliation, Father, I release right now uh revelation that sets captives free father i release yeah just every bit that is needed father to bring the the manifestation of what you've accomplished jesus in into our lives tonight i just release right now your victory i release your victory i release your victory i release your victory father i enforce your victory jesus and we put faith in what you've accomplished tonight, Lord. We, and we declare we, are, we know the power of your resurrection. We're like Paul. We want to know the power of your resurrection. I declare we are, we are experiencing it, God. We are knowing it. We are getting it, God. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, we just exalt you. Father, I pray tonight that as, as people listen to this podcast, there's been a lot of scriptures read tonight, God, but these are scriptures that exalt exalt Jesus exalt what was accomplished God and i just pray father that there would be just an impartation of this of this knowledge God but also just the just the grace to to study it out and get it for themselves father that they would be rooted and grounded in the victory of Jesus that they would understand his authority they would understand his power they would understand his preeminence God they would understand his position father they would understand his name and, and what, what is invoked when it's said, God, that, the, that they would operate like John G. Lake did in a revelation, God, of their freedom and immunity from the curse and from anything that is in the dominion of darkness, God. That they would be established as victors. They would be established as overcomers. They would be established, Father, in the victory that Jesus has obtained. So I just release that in the name of Jesus. I just release that in the name. More, more, Father, for all of us. Just more revelation and more depth of understanding, practical understanding, God, for the manifestation of what Jesus has accomplished. Lord, I declare the power of the resurrection is working through us. The power of the resurrection is working in our lives. The power of the resurrection, God, is being enforced in our circumstances. The power of the resurrection is manifesting Right now, in Jesus' name, in the lives of everyone within the sound of my voice, God, we call it forth. We call forth the glory. We call forth the glory of the resurrection. The glory of the risen son. (laughs) We call forth his glory, his preeminence, God, his position. We call it forth. We declare it in our domain. We declare the kingdom of God we declare the king's kingdom in our lives thank you father thank you lord thank you lord we are heavenly minded who thank you lord and we just release that victory in Jesus name in Jesus name well, I want to just encourage those that are listening via the podcast tonight. If if you're a regular listener, if this is your first time, you know, I just encourage you to support the podcast, to support the ministry. Head on over to shalice.com and there's a place there to give, a place to donate and help us continue uh, to do these broadcasts and continue to uh, just support the work of the of the ministry and just do that. And you will be blessed. (laughs) I thank you, Father, that we are blessed when we give. And I thank you that you are providing uh, seed to the sower, Father, bread to the eater for every one of our listeners tonight. And so I just uh, bless you. I say happy Resurrection Sunday, a blessed Easter to you, and uh, just a blessed rest of 2018. In Jesus' name, amen.